move over, go yoga, the healing power of cow bonding, looking for a way to support your mental well-being. Look no further than cows. Join us for an inspiring conversation with Preeti Srinivas, creator of Befriend Cows and writer of The Sacred Bond. In this interview, Preeti shares her life-changing experience of interacting with cows and bulls. With no prior experience, she found joy, understanding, and selfless love while volunteering at cow farms and shelters across the U.S., now, backed by evidence-based research, Preeti wants to spread the empowering message that cow bonding can have healing effects on our mental health. Don't miss this uplifting description, excuse me, discussion of the power of connecting with these docile, sentient creatures. Join us and be inspired. You're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three-times-a-week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. I'm so honored to have our guest with us today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Preeti Srinivas is a user experience researcher at an American multinational technology company. She holds a PhD in human-computer interaction from Indiana University and a master's in computer science from Miami University. For over a decade, she has worked in multiple domains, focusing her work on uncovering people's behaviors, needs and motivations to build intuitive and enjoyable products that empower people and change their lives in meaningful ways. Her lifelong quest began two years ago when she stumbled upon a few online spiritual discourses by some well-known Vedic scholars, which sowed the seeds for her to advocate for human-cow friendship through acts of love. She continues to volunteer at multiple cow shelters and sanctuaries across the globe. Please help me welcome Preezy. Hi, Hi Preezy. Hello. Hello, everyone. Nice <laughs> to meet you, April. Yes. And it's such a pleasure to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you so much for being here to share your incredible knowledge why don't you start by sharing a little bit about yourself with the audience? Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm actually originally from India uh, and um, I moved to the U.S. to pursue higher education. Um, so, so you can imagine that, you know, in the context of uh, cows and bulls, um, I've actually grown up uh, watching them, but not necessarily interacting with them. And so um, the, the topic itself was uh, alien to me. Um, and how did I get involved into it uh, is, is an interesting story that um, that I'd be, uh, um, in, uh, you know, I'd love to share that with your um, audience, if that's okay. Yes, please. 
All right. So uh, a few years ago, of course, um, you know, everyone is, uh, was in, uh, was struggling with the pandemic. And I don't know if the pandemic is over or we are done with it yet. But, um, you know, going back a few years, um, I had a personal traumatizing incident myself, uh, aside from the pandemic. And, um, you know, I was, I was going through a lot of, uh, uh, you know, just dealing with emotions um, that were pretty overwhelming. Um, that kind of led me into a series of health issues, all of which kind of induced more stress and anxiety. And so it was almost like, a, uh, you know, I was being drawn into a lot of negativity. Uh, and so uh, around the same time, um, I started to uh, 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 basically spend some time with myself in trying to understand uh, why am I feeling a specific way? And uh, uh, one thing that really stood out to me was to actually um, I guess, uh, reincarnate my habit from childhood, which is, uh, um, look out for spiritual content. Um, and so I, um, I started listening to, uh, spiritual discourses and listening was the easiest for me because, uh, mm. I, I, I didn't have to read anything. I didn't have to look at anything. Um, and it, it, it really helped me focus and understand on what is being, uh, um, you know, shared in the discourse. And one thing that was very common in, in all of those discourses that I was listening was that there is this, uh, th there is a supreme power that uh, expresses love um, towards all living beings. And uh, more uh, particularly, I came across a couple of these discourses that were talking about love towards animals and cows. Um, right. And uh, even just listening to those discourses piqued my interest. And, um, and I was like, I was curious to know, well, I've actually seen these animals in the real world, but I've never really interacted with them. In, in fact, I've always been like scared, right? Like uh, they, they are large sized mammals. And even just walking to a cow uh, and standing next to the animal was, <laughs> was, was not something that I had, uh, had done in my childhood. Um, and so listening to this and then kind of revisiting my childhood i I, uh, I guess i was just very interested to know who who are these animals like who is a cow who's a bull like why do they exist on our planet like what is their role and that's really where uh, my journey began right and, and so i i wanted to go visit them um, and in finding them in the u.s um, was a little bit difficult for me particularly uh, because this was during the pandemic and uh, you know going to a farm or or even like a cow sanctuary or a shelter um, was wasn't possible around that time so i had to wait for a couple of months right and every every month i waited my interest grew right and, and i was actually becoming very impatient uh, until one day i just picked up my phone and i called one of the uh, cow rescue shelters um, near where i live and uh, luckily that day um, you know the person who works there responded to my call and um and uh, he suggested i can take an appointment and come in you know, provided i i you know adhere to the masking policy and all of that so uh, that's when the journey really started uh, my first encounter um, was truly uh, life-changing in the sense that um, i did have like an emotional breakdown uh, when um, i interacted with a bull for the first time and following that uh, you know, the, just based on that experience, I kept going back to the rescue shelter. Um, so that's just a little bit of like background story for how, um, yeah. and, uh, where, where all of this started. I, I mean, I, I would, I would love to play off of this a little bit because so much of what I've heard, um, it doesn't resonate with me because I haven't done it yet. And much like yourself, you, you didn't to begin with either, you know, until you really started doing some deeper research, like you said. And, and so it's so interesting to me that you came upon, you know, cows in particular, cattle in particular, and, you know, going deeper and where do I go to a sanctuary? Where do I find them? Questions like that. And, you know, having the, the issues with that where it wasn't as easy as you would think. And not only that, but, you know, why do these animals exist? I really love your questioning behind that because, I mean, that really starts going a lot deeper. It's like if, if we're all created by, you know, a higher being, 
why is it? What is the purpose? What is the purpose of this or, or a cat or a dog or the things that bring us joy? And, mm -hmm. and so, yes, in particular, what is the purpose of cattle? And you were starting to begin to find a deeper meaning, a deeper connection through this journey. Yeah, yeah. It, it uh, kind of led me down the path where I started to understand historically how have these animals participated uh, in, our, in our ecosystem, right? And uh, one thing that was common was across, uh, you know, different belief systems uh, and, and different regions in the world, cows were actually considered as extended family members. Um, and uh, in, in the context of India, cow is actually considered an embodiment of divinity. But and this so isn't the, something you grew up with. Is that is that right? Well, or, yeah, that's just correct. Yeah. So I, I grew up in, in like a metropolitan city where, you know, you're living in these high story buildings where you cannot afford to bring an animal into an apartment that's on maybe like, you know, third or fourth floor. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so imagine like it going through my personal life and reading off like, you know, text that had a completely opposite, um, you know, like a presentation of how cows existed. I think that was uh, um, much more interesting because I was like, when did we transition from what it was to what it is now? And mm. why did that transition happen? Is yeah. this, is it actually the right transition or should we actually go back to, and can we even go back to uh, what our ancestors did? And those are questions that I think um, one person cannot answer. A community has to come together. Experts have to come together mm. to sort of figure out what does it mean? Like, why have we made this transition? And how can we actually go back to coexisting in a way that we are not harming the planet? And, and in a way that we feel like we've taken care of ourselves and the other coexisting inhabitants. So those were some things that that mm. I think I ran into. And, and to your question on like, uh, you know, just the, the animals, like why do they exist? A few things that, um, that I started to see in whatever I was reading or even just the conversations I was having with people is that uh, the, the animals, uh, yes, they have been domesticated, but uh, they have always existed in the space of love. Um, they've mm. existed in a space where the human and the animal kind of, uh, uh, it's almost like a symbiotic relationship where the animal's welfare is taken care of as much as the human's welfare is also considered in the equation, um, right? And, uh, and I think that was uh, really interesting for me because uh, that's not the world we are in today where, you know, the animals are actually considered as transactional commodities, mm. um, right? So they are producers of milk, meat, or, you know, like leather. And there are so many other products that are made from, uh, you know, cow-based cow products. So so even just thinking about that, um, I, I think it, it really uh, shows that so much has changed. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and I, I think with that, um, I, the, the curiosity just grew more, right? And uh, and of course, with my first my, my first time encounter with a bull, um, pairing that with whatever I was reading, I just wanted to keep going back uh, to the animal to to sort of understand in context, like how does the animal behave, like uh, what what does the animal want on a day to day basis, like for, so that they are comfortable. And and lucky for me, the sanctuary that I kept visiting. Um, they actually also offered a ways for me to learn hands-on, right? So I, I would volunteer there, but I'll also learn not only about the animal, uh, but also about how can we create an environment that is comfortable for the animal. Uh, and, and I think over time, what this resulted in is as I was spending more time next to the animal, I was actually building a relationship with the animal. Um, and in that process, uh, I began to realize that uh, both cows and bulls, they actually make great friends, uh, right? So the, they are, their silence is the key to all of this, right? So uh, the, uh, I personally, I was going through this kind of dark time where I was feeling emotionally overwhelmed. Um, and, and the last thing I wanted was for someone to, you know, become judgmental and, um, you know, get into solutioning more and uh, help me out, uh, help mm -hmm. me figure out what I'm feeling, right? Uh, the, what I really wanted was silence. Um, and, and so personally, even though that was not the intention with which I visited this cow rescue shelter or sanctuary, 
that's what eventually happened um that i was actually healing um as, as much as i was contributing to the upkeep of the environment and I, as i was you know learning about these animals i think there's something very very powerful of that of you know the silence and the you, you know the the popular term is really being in the present moment um there's a lot to be said but there's about going within and just being quiet and shutting out the noise. That's meditation. That's the point of it, right? Is to stop thinking about the past and the, the future and <laughs> to just be. And animals are absolutely ones that can be there with us to show us that, to be the example of that incredible creatures to be examples of that, right? Because they don't speak a language like we do. And um, so many of them go on a much slower pace because, you know, we're, we're different. They're not dealing with the day-to-day -day chaos that we do. And now, you know, so much of human beings across, we're, we're stressed. We're living in that high stress um, moments constantly or just we're just always in this high stress state and so being able to find anything that can bring us back to slowing down you know and just being and and taking a breath is is really vital to our health and well-being period so yeah yeah totally we're, yeah and so we're going to go into our first commercial. And when we come back, I want to hear more about your experience and, and another one of your big takeaways from this. When we come back, stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Hello, everyone. I am Kim Jacobs, the host of The Kim Jacobs Show, and you all know who's right here with me, Dr. Les Brown. How are you, Dr. Brown? I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience, a story, or if you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your credibility, expose you to millions of people, I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. Yes. Come on, somebody. That's right. Kim Jacobs, she trained people on how to have their own talk show. She will train you how to do that. And now with me working, partnering with her, now you have the combination of an audience, expansive audience. We have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization, to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim. So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's one hour per week. And each week I meet with the individuals one-on-one. -on -one. We go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area what's going to be your ideal customer that's going to be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship, 
how to go about getting your lighting, your branding and your banners and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They right. own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to, to, to create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow, I want you to go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. It's right there on the screen. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs consulting.com. That's Kim Jacobs consulting.com. Did I say Kim Jacobs consulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching. And we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story. And that's Kim's story. And we're sticking to it. Bye for now. Bye-bye. So, I, I want to start off, let's say, by by talking a little bit about the book that you created. And so I'll share it for the audience. It's called The Sacred Bond. And I, I love the art on this too, you know, with you there down. And and that's one of my favorite pictures of you too, where, where you're just, you both have your fore, foreheads touching each other. And I think that really depicts a sacred bond. And, you know, this is a collaboration of stories and, and it's such a beautiful work of art. And the, the stories it has it says it's a collection of 12 inspiring tales that explores the serendipitous interactions resulting in the creation of loving friendship between humans, cows, and bulls. And we've talked a little bit about how, you know, they've really just given you the silence and the quiet and, and you just wanted the peace, you know, outside of the, the noise, let's say. And you talk a little bit in here about um, how the sacred bond can be revived by giving unconditionally and receiving in gratitude. And I think that's really a lot of what the exchange is. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. I think, uh, it, th thank you very much for surfacing, like, you know, the, uh, the book. Uh, one thing that uh, was very interesting to how the book even came about is that I did not plan to write a book. Right. Neither did I plan to, uh, you know, start um, this, um, you know, I'm calling it a social movement with the hopes that the community will come together to believe in this message that when we befriend cows and bulls, we are actually um, helping save our planet and create a thriving planet for future generations. Um, and that was not even a part of my plan. Right. So I was this naive, uh, I still probably still am, uh, naive person who... Uh, came across this concept that there's a supreme being that loves the planet, that loves the animals and every every living being. And so, and loving someone and being compassionate, it's not going to cost any of us money. Right? It's it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. um, why is it so difficult to uh, to take that perspective in today's world? Was really my uh, my question, right? And mm -hmm. with that question, I visited this cow shelter. And as I was saying earlier, right before the commercial that, you know, I kept going back repetitively with that same open mind. With, I actually did not expect to get anything out of those visits, right? So uh, one thing I one thing led to another. And what I started to realize was, uh, in, in addition to actually learning about the animals, uh, what they like and what they don't like, and, you know, how to keep their environment clean uh, uh, and comfortable, uh, one thing that I also started to recognize was every time I visited this rescue shelter, I would come home feeling really uplifted. Mm. Uh, and that was, uh, it was not super clear to me. Uh, for, for some time, I kept thinking, oh, I'm probably doing something that I like, and that's why I'm feeling this way. 
but over a period of time, um, I began to question that hypothesis that I had, right? Which is like, I don't think that could be the case because I, um, it, you know, uh, interest in something can actually fall after a period of time because uh, because of how human mind is framed, um, right? You you can get easily distracted in today's world, and so that that didn't sound right to me, and and so I started looking online, um, and I started to come across these research articles that spoke about how uh, interacting with uh, these uh, animals can actually result in uh, uh, physiological well-being. And mm. uh, to kind of um, you know, break that down further, uh, there were several articles that spoke about how uh, you know, humans, um, when they get near um, an animal, we are trying to neutralize our body temperature, body heat, um, and in the process also, the hormones that are generated also change, the, the amount of hormones that are generated also change, right? So for instance, in the case of cows, um, a cow has a higher body temperature and a lower heart rate. Um, and so as a human, when I get closer to the cow and let's say I'm bonding, I'm petting or brushing the animal, uh, one thing that immediately happens is um, my body temperature is going to raise to match that of the animal and my heart rate is going to lower. Go yeah. And, and yeah. Um, in terms of hormones, like stress producing hormones like cortisol is going to come down. Um, like the social bonding hormone like oxytocin is going to go up. And so for, for a person uh, uh, who is anxious and who is really stressed out when they come in contact with the cow uh, in a loving uh, interaction, um, it's, it's going to neutralize, it's going to drop immediately, right? And so the person is going to feel a bit more relaxed. Now, the good thing about this is the animal is also going to feel relaxed, especially when you're brushing or massaging the animal, right? So it's actually a win-win for both the living beings in this interaction. Uh, now, this insight was was really interesting for me because, uh, you know, it, it, in a way, this is kind of similar to animal-assisted therapy, right? With cats and dogs, um, there, there is uh, a, there's a lot of research that speaks about how this is like a supplementary form of therapy to help with mental health well-being. Now, when you think about cows and bulls, they are actually large-sized mammals, right? So the effect yeah. that they are going to produce is going to be much more magnified than that of you know, cows, uh, cats and dogs. This is not to say that, okay, let's replace cats and dogs. That's really not the message here. The message here is that um, we, we have these bovine creatures who are loving, right? And there is a form of energy transfer that is happening. Yeah. When you enter the space of a cow, the cow can actually recognize your feelings. If you've actually had a really terrible day, the cow knows that. You don't have yeah. to necessarily, you know, like communicate that to the cow, even though, you know, we don't really communicate verbally with the animal, uh, right? So so that form of energy transfer is is super important um, uh, to, to recognize. And that's really the message that, uh, you know, I wanted to share with the world that why can't we think of the animals as important contributors yeah. in this ecosystem where they are not necessarily considered for transactions. Like, again, I don't want this to turn into something where people are like, oh, I need to feel happy. So I'm just going to go pay like, you know, $100 and then sit next to a cow and then end up feeling happy. That's not what is going to happen. <laughs> and so my message there is really that for me to get to a point where I'm comfortable near the cow and the cow is comfortable with me near her, it took a period of interaction, right? So it's, it's yeah, almost like how right. you build a relationship with another human being, you're building a relationship with the animal. And in my case, what worked out really well was when I went out to help keep the animal comfortable by feeding her, like keeping her environment clean, like just sitting down and massaging her with the intent that mm -hmm. I want her to feel comfortable. Yeah, in that process, yeah, right. So in the process of serving, that's when I started to feel better. And I think that's mm -hmm. the underlying message that I want people yeah. to take away from this experience. Yeah, well, and and I think really what what you were discovering along this path was that you know, you started researching the science behind because yes, we're all connected on an energetic level. Science has proven this now, but it, it takes us a while to come to that realization and we have to experience it ourselves. It's, it's, you know, 
when we have an experience, then, then we have a better understanding. It's, it's so much easier to know that than to just be taught or told or read, right? We don't really know what it's like. You know, you could tell us and show us about fire, but until we touch it and it burns us, we don't really know what fire is, right? Or what it can do, the, the capabilities of it. And so as you were learning and feeling this bond and the energetic, you know, transfers and you started researching it and knowing that when this animal's heart rate is lower, that we actually start to match that. And, and we too, so you're saying that a cow can feel the emotions and that energy if we're stressed out or not. Well, everything can, right? Because we all transfer this energy exchange. We're just not aware of it. And, you know, so when we walk into a room and, and, you know, we get a feeling overall feeling or how somebody's doing with their day. We usually know, right? Like something's a little off. Something's not right here. It doesn't mean that we're going to pick off up on it right away unless we start coaching ourselves and learning more about it and building the awareness of, but animals, you know, they haven't, like we said before, hasn't, they haven't, they're not experiencing this craziness of our everyday worlds. Our brains work differently, but they can meet us there. And so when we start matching that heart rate and, and meeting them where they are, there's so much power there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. And, and I guess it's this, this form of exploration that led me to think, well, this is, this is something that I'm doing sitting in one part of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Can I learn more by visiting other cow rescue shelters, talking to more people? Is there something more that, um, that can help enrich what I'm already learning? And so I started to travel and, and really the book resulted from that. Um, the more people I spoke with, I started to see the same the pattern, stories. Which is, yeah, like, uh, you know, the stories are really, uh, and they're all lived experiences of people who, who don't necessarily have a prior, uh, you know, prior exposure to these animals, right? And then they right. accidentally come across the animal, and out of compassion, in that moment, they possibly they want to rescue the animal or make yeah. sure the animal isn't hurt. And then eventually, they end up building their life around the animal's welfare. And I think that is super powerful because you know, given where we are today. We seem to be consuming and live, consuming products and living our life within our small network. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is life for me? How is life for my family, within my friends? Am I good? Then everything is good. But we need to be thinking about this as a bigger community, as a bigger mm-hmm. web, right? So everybody is in this together because, because we are all sharing the same planet. Uh, we may have different belief systems, but the planet has, it, 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 nature works the same for everyone. Uh, love yeah. works the same for everyone. So even yeah. just having that understanding and coming together to think about how we can all coexist without harming ourselves and the planet, I think that's that's really key here. So you really became passionate when you started, you know, going to other places, venturing around the world, getting the stories. I mean, how could you not be? Stories are really what connects us the most. It is what, you know, is enables us to meet other people on an empath empath <laughs> can't say it uh with empathy you know so i i think that that's wonderful that you did that so tell me what was next for you what did you start doing after that you know you wrote the book you got that out and you're building awareness what was next i well i as I was building awareness, I started to think about, well, can I use mass media to communicate? Like, mm-hmm. So I, I started to uh, reach out to like music producers, like uh, music directors and lyricists, like basically just asking them, can we actually communicate this um, through music? Can, and then I started reaching out to like artists and I was like, can we communicate this message through art? And, and so that's really where I've been at, right? Um, oh, trying to see, cool. can we expand this? And uh, the one thing that, um, that I've been working on more recently is a virtual reality film, right? So uh, the, the, the concept of virtual reality is you're in this virtual world where you put yourself in that 
space, even though physically you may be like, you know, in your apartment, for instance, but then once you wear those goggles, you are in a different world and you are trying to view yeah. something in that world and interact with something in that world. And so one common pattern that I saw in all my travels was that as much as there is struggle for the human in coexisting with the animal, especially because it's very expensive to take care of the animals. Mm -hmm. um, it, but the struggle for the animal was much more. And the common thread there was that animals have stopped trusting humans because of the way we abuse them. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, in the context of, uh, um, you know, cows and bulls specifically, the animals are being slaughtered on a daily basis across the world, uh, right? And and so uh, in, because of that, the animals are often living with fear and they do not trust humans, no matter what the human is trying to offer, right? So uh, a cow rescue shelter, my, uh, they may experience animals running away from them, even though they want to create a comfortable environment where the animal can thrive. And that was, a, that was something that I kept hearing from multiple cow shelters that I would visit, where they would say something like, oh, we, we brought in this animal from a, a slaughterhouse, but the day she came in, she, she actually wanted to escape and run away. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but, but we are actually trying to create a better home for her, um, but she's not able to recognize that. And that's because right. for, from the animal's perspective, we are all the same, right? Um, anytime we could uh, you know, uh, harm them. And, and so I was like, can I take this concept and can I actually uh, produce it in a virtual reality film where people can actually see the perspective of the animal? Can I help people understand this perspective that the uh, animal has? And, and so um, that's where, you know, that, that kind of project kicked off. And the film is, uh, you know, almost 90% complete. Uh, we did release like a trailer to the film earlier this year. Um, with the hopes that, you know, people would want to watch the film and, um, you know, share their thoughts on uh, how, how the film turned out and what, what they would want to do in their context of life. Right? So, so here are just some examples with, uh, with how I've been trying to create awareness uh, on, on just the concept that we, we need to think of these animals as our friends uh, because they are contributing to the well-being of the planet in multiple different ways. Yeah. Well, Preeti, you, you really are, are going at this in a brilliant way because you're taking you know, your schooling and your knowledge and you have the understanding of things such as music and how that really engages us um, on an emotional level. And when we're engaged on an emotional level, then that changes our perception. And so what a, what a powerful uh, motive to use virtual reality in order to change perception also through music, right? Because it, it inactivates those emotions and where, you know, we start to feel and think differently. And so those are very powerful ways to be able to persuade an audience in, you know, how can I get people to think differently about this, you know, and build awareness to and of, because yes, of course, animals are absolutely, you know, something that they're creatures just as we are you know, they're living, they're breathing just as animals, our planet is alive, just as we're alive. And so that's really beautiful. We're going to move into a next commercial. And when we get back, we'll discuss a little bit further. Stay tuned. Bella Grace means so many things to me. Um, I still remember being a young woman and having that name in my heart. And I also am a mother of two young girls now. I love more than anything to spend time with them. I wanted to do something that would be empowering, deliver amazing, proven products that work to the marketplace, but most importantly, give amazing opportunity to people all around the world. It truly is her passion. 
After over 25 years in the pharmaceutical medical world, I've dealt with lots of doctors, lots of chemists, lots of scientists. So when I saw all the double-blind clinical studies that validate and back up beyond a shadow of a doubt that have over 10 years of proven results, it's truly beauty from the inside out. We knew that we were going to be bringing a very disruptive force to the health and wellness world, and uh, that's exactly what we've done. We have exclusives to make sure that nobody can replicate or duplicate what we've brought to market. The amazing shine, the amazing plumpness, the hydration. It's as if you're watching magic happen right in front of your eyes. It's something you don't get with the most expensive products out there. We started interviewing influencers. We started interviewing influencer companies. So we thought, what if we could give them more? And that's exactly what we've given them is an influencer model, exactly what they wanted and expected, with an affiliate model built around it. They give you a platform to become an influencer. Customer service, marketing department, manufacturer, the, the packaging, the people that are doing our software, the comp plan, every single person here are literally experts in their definitive field. It's over 100 years of experience in the direct selling world. So we've been able to partner these two worlds and bring the best of the direct sales affiliate marketing world with the passionate social media influencing world and bring them together. That's something that we haven't seen out there yet. The best tools possible, the best platform possible that anybody, even if you weren't in the established influencer, you could come here and build out a community of influencers. Anytime, anywhere, on my phone. It doesn't matter who you are, what your following is. Bella Grace is giving us all the opportunity to create a business for yourself. This is the time to take advantage of that. can learn more about Bella Grace in the description below. So Preeti, coming back to you, we've discussed a little bit about your, your journey with cows and about the what's next. So share, share a little bit more about your, you, you discussed that cows bring this, you know, mental well-being to us. And also there might be a physical aspect that you want to share. Can you share with that? share that with us today of course yeah yeah so in in terms of like just even creating awareness the topics that i focus on is not only centered around mental well-being um so they there are um, you know there are a lot of research articles and patents as well that discuss this concept that cow urine for instance has properties that can assist with uh, you know uh, generating medicine right to treat uh, several diseases uh, now, I'm not a medical expert, and so I cannot speak to, like, you know, the statistics or, you know, what, what is it really supporting other than uh, ref making references to these research articles, uh, which, which actually claim that uh, being able to consume, like, distilled urine can actually support in medical treatment for, uh, you know, diseases like uh, uh, diabetes and, you know, cancer and so on. So I, I would recommend like, you know, for folks who are really interested and who are picking up on these keywords that I'm, um, you know, sharing, uh, please do look online and uh, it, there is a lot of research in this area. But aside from that, I think uh, it, it, there, there's more to just the, uh, uh, the physical uh, and mental well-being, right? So we, we want to think about this as an entire ecosystem. So cows, for instance, they, uh, they, they are ruminant animals, right? So they consume like grass and uh, produce. And what they can do and they are capable of doing is they are actually capable of breaking down like, uh, you know, uh, produce that we as humans are sometimes not capable of uh, breaking down. And in that process, uh, what they do is they also generate like cow dung and cow urine. Now, now both cow dung and cow urine we may call it waste, but technically it is gold. Um, mm. The reason why I say that is you can actually use those products for regenerative farming, right? And and if you think about this, this is a really good closed loop cycle, right? So the cow jet eats uh, grass, produces cow dung urine, which can be used for organic farming, which will produce more healthy organic produce. And that organic produce can be consumed both by the animal and by humans. 
So when you think about like wellness overall, we we are actually trying to make that as a very sustainable system. And now this doesn't only this doesn't only include the cow and uh, the human, right? So we may want to think about this beyond just cows, bulls, or humans. We want to think about this as a biodiverse ecosystem. So there, there are any other animals, other microbes and microorganisms involved in this entire process. There are trees, and there, there's there's this entire um, system that we are helping enrich when this animal exists in that system. And so that uh, th those are some topics that that I try to uh, you know communicate in my awareness message. And of course, there is this controversial topic of like, hey, they are actually contributing to climate change. Now, the 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 reason why I say it is controversial is because of how it is communicated, right? Mm. Uh, yes, cows do produce uh, you know methane, which which is uh, contributing to uh, climate change. But how are they being measured, and why are cows existing in an industrialized or a commercial setup? Is the question that we need to be answering, right? So we are going out of nature when we are trying to factory produce these animals. Uh, and by factory produce, what I mean is we are trying to uh, get cows to reproduce. We are trying to breed these animals in, in a huge number so that right. we can meet the demand for meat and dairy. Right. And when we go out of nature, we are automatically breaking down the, uh, uh, the natural process in which the planet works. Uh, and what that does is it's going to impact our physical and mental well-being overall because it's actually destroying the environment. Yeah, right? so, and, and that would make sense, right? If you're going to mass produce something, yes, there's going to be repercussions of that, right? Yeah, of yeah. course, it's just logical. And I agree with you. I think it is definitely um, a, a, an interest of conflict because it's not communicated with in the right manner or people aren't educated, you know, in such a way they're not thinking about that because they don't have the experience of the awareness or they haven't been there yet to, to see what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think those are some things that, that I try to uh, share. And, and of course, even just the concept of thinking of, uh, you know, cows as participants in carbon sinks, it is a little bit dangerous because, uh, unless we change how we consume in today's world, we are going to continue to have this demand for, you know, dairy and meat products. Yeah. And until we have that, uh, we are going to be affecting climate change. And if we think that we can create carbon sinks where we have these grasslands, where these animals are walking, but we are still continuing to like factory produce and factory produce them, we are literally just applying a bandaid. We are not solving the root of the problem, right? And so uh, the way to think about this is how can we as a community come together, think about biodiversity, think about desertification, think about agroforestry, think about all of these different aspects so that we help build a thriving environment and we also have these animals as participants, not necessarily get them out of the ecosystem. Right. So, so those are some things that um, that one person or one organization cannot do. Uh, it, it's, it's the entire community has to come together to work through this. Yeah, absolutely. And so I wanted to make sure first off that people knew where to reach you or find out more. And that is www.befriendcows.com, B-E-F-R-I-E-N-D-C-O-W-S.com. And so that'll also be in the description of this video. And yeah, so tell us a few things, you know, if somebody were to put action towards something or a few things, what is that? that would make a yeah. big impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I cannot tell people control what you eat or drink, right? So that's, that's <laughs> just not right, because it's a personal preference. And, and uh, that's a know, tough change for many, yeah. many people, especially in America, as of you course, well right? know. And, and, yeah, and it's also not right to tell someone eat this or eat that, right? Like it's, it's a personal preference, really, and it has to come from within. But what I could share from my personal experiences is that uh, try to think about these animals as uh, someone that, you know, you, re you actually recognize the value of something when it doesn't exist anymore, right? Mm. So um, uh, that's, yeah. that's something that I want to keep reminding people about is that 
if if at all we land at a point where you know the planet has just been so degraded and uh, you know these animals can't coexist then it's mm. going to be very difficult to reverse that change right and uh, especially when we already recognize there are so many experts so many activists around the world who are already advocating for the welfare of the animal why can't we just work together and and try to uh, you know like set up a system where it, it we are addressing other social issues right like food mm. security is a social issue we need to be addressing like saving the soil is something that we need to be addressing so we need to really come together to solve this problem mm. now in terms of like someone like myself who doesn't necessarily have control over policy i'm not a policy maker right so uh, for someone like a regular consumer is to we maybe think about how you're consuming and think think about whether that consumption is affecting you and your environment um that's one way to go about it and the second one is for a person who is really keen on understanding how can i shift how i'm thinking about physical and mental wellness try to participate in a cow rescue shelter or a sanctuary in your community and you know you can always go in and offer service and service is i think in from my personal experience service is a is a healing tool literally and uh, and being able to uh be um, you know be around these animals and build a relationship with them um uh, is is going to really only do good to you as opposed to like you know harm you. um so those are some takeaways that you know like uh, or even like action items that people can take right away like can i go visit a cow this weekend again the one thing that i would recommend uh, people is like do not go with the intent that if i go visit a cow i will feel better Uh, then it becomes transactional right so we really want to go with the mindset that i want to go um to a cow shelter to to participate as a citizen in this world right mm-hmm. so i want to go and help out that's the kind of mindset uh, that will help you want to go back repetitively and over time that will end up building a relationship with the animal nothing changes overnight right yeah. and yep. i i think that definitely if people are are mustering in their mind like you know i really do want to make a change i want to make a difference you know especially for so much of um the world or america in general is meat eaters and it doesn't mean you have to make a massive change right but if if it's laying on your heart where yes i'm interested in making a change that indefinitely is going to be the quickest way to start reprogramming your mind is to really interact with these animals you know meet them eye to eye at their level you know you know feel their heart rate and and when it starts matching yours you know you're connecting with that other being and so that's an incredible and very fast way to make a connection and make a change and start rewiring those neural pathways um i'm curious though prezi would you also say you know for for those who you know this is traditionally in their diet and you know maybe they want to have less of or not um is there certain things they should be doing to vote with their dollar if they're not quite able to make a change yet like i said earlier i think i i may not be the right person to offer those suggestions right so uh, <laughs> you're like i really, think this way i can't help yeah, you Yeah I really think it has to come from within like uh, the first step I would recommend is visit a cow like sit next to her or visit a bull sit next to him um, mm. the bull may be large size he may come across as intimidating but I uh, I can uh, you know from my experience my first experience was actually with a bull right and um, just looking at the bull he was like over 7 feet tall weighing over like 1000 2000 pounds mm. right so i'm standing in front of him and uh, my immediate response is to run uh, even though he is tied to <laughs> yeah. a rope right but then i i chose to stay there because he was calm and he was literally staring at me uh, mm. right and uh, and for me in that in in that calmness i i began to recognize that maybe he's actually inviting me into his space uh and mm-hmm. that's why i stayed and uh, and even and 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 i stared back at him right and so just that part of staring um that led to uh, uh an experience that was that helped me break down the barriers that i had raised against myself right so uh, with with all that emotional darkness that i was going through um uh those had to be broken down 
And mm. the bull helped me break that down. It, and that's why I keep going back to my personal experience, which is when you look at the animal in the eye, you see another soul staring at you. And yeah. when you have come to that form of interaction, uh, the next time you decide to eat or not eat meat, it's, it's really up to you, right? So you get to choose. And that's why I think it comes from within. Uh, and it's probably not a right idea to tell someone, no, you have to eat this or you, have, you shouldn't eat that. Or maybe you can do these changes to your dietary pattern because it's really a personal preference. Yeah. Uh, well, that is so impactful, the way that you described your interaction with this bull. This is this massive creature that could indefinitely destroy you at any moment. So the power exchange there and you know him allowing you to be in the space and saying i'm not after harming you and so that's that's an incredible exchange um i want to bring in a couple of comments because we have a few manly says i read that college students in michigan pay money every semester to brush cows during finals yeah, I mean, um, so you can look at, uh, I don't know if the comment here is around paying money. You can look at this in two ways. Uh, one way is the money will actually go back to feeding and caring for the animal. If, if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you're donating your time and your money. Now you get to pick which is more valuable, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and, and also at the end of the interaction, and since the context here is college students, I'm assuming that this actually helps the student, you know, get stress-free to some extent. Yeah. Um, and also, you also develop some clarity, right? So in that entire process, your mind is shifting. Uh, at least it did for me, right? Over a period of time, sitting next to the animal, brushing the animal with the intent that, hey, um, through this act of brushing, I'm actually helping make the animal feel better. Just that thought will actually shift how you perceive the world and what mm. you want to do in, in your participation in this world. But it's really nice to know that, you know, this is happening in Michigan. <laughs> well, it, and again, it makes perfect sense, right? If, you know, you're, you're lowering your heart rate and you know you're just going into a calming state that allows for the creative creativity side of us to flow so much better and you know if we're going to be going to exams and testing that's you know essential to perform well um here's another comment by cj i love the way Preeta explains the connection between her and the cow no, thank you, CJ. <laughs> and and I hope that, you know, like you, you have your own personal experience as well. And please do come back and share, um, you know, on this channel. Uh, I think this video will be replayed. So please do share how your experience goes. Yes, yes. So that's a good point. Thank you. The audience, there's going to be, most people are going to be watching the replays of this. And so leave your comments in the comment section. We would, we would love to find out your experience and the feedback and um, visiting befriendcows.com. See other ways and what Preeti is doing to build the awareness and other steps that you can take and what you can do. Preeti, I really appreciate you sharing your incredible stories, how exciting and fun your journey that you've had and now what you're doing through that, your passion and how you're creating so much goodness into the world. Thank you so much for being here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience today? Uh, yes. So um, I guess the one, one message I would leave you with is that uh, if you can, please visit an animal land so you get the chance to establish a sacred relationship uh, with cows and bulls. Um, and, and I think that is something that I will continue to advocate for because personally, I have experienced pure love, pure selfless love, understanding and safety being around these animals. Um, and, and even uh, and, and that's something that I want everyone in this world to experience so that we are all grounded on love and compassion um, and with that. And, and feel free to you know, check out my website um, there. And I do have online presence as well um, on Instagram and um, you know, YouTube, TikTok. So reach out to me if you have any questions or if you would want to participate in collaborating on any of the awareness projects. Uh, and with that, thank you very much, April, for having me on your show. I really enjoyed chatting with you and, you know, kind of taking a trip down uh, the, uh, 
the past and, and just how I landed here. Thank you very much. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm so looking forward to seeing all of the other things that you're creating. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Goodbye for now, and we will see you later.